Paleo Runner podcast is devoted to finding better ways to live, run, train, and eat. I'm your host, Aaron Olson. You can find more information by going to paleorunner.org. If you enjoy the show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. Search for Paleo Runner in iTunes and click ratings and reviews. You can also follow me on facebook.com slash runpaleo or on Twitter at runpaleo. I wanted to take a minute to let you know about a product I've been using called 3Fuel. 3Fuel is a sports drink that gives you fat, protein, and carbohydrates to use as a fuel source. Unlike sugary sports drinks, 3Fuel gets absorbed slowly into your bloodstream to give you sustained energy throughout your workout. If you'd like to give it a try, you can get 10% off by using the coupon code 3FOLSON. Go to paleorunner.org and click 3Fuel at the top of the page. If you're listening through the podcast app on iPhone, click the link displayed on the app right now. My guest today is Ben Greenfield. Ben is an Ironman triathlete, fitness expert, blogger, podcaster, and author. Ben, this is your second time on the show and it's great to have you back. It's awesome to be back, Aaron. Thanks thanks for allowing me to uh, to take over your podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> so you for 12 weeks, you were in the state of what's called nutritional ketosis. And basically, you were turning your body into a fat-burning machine. How did that go for you? You, you know, aside from the times that I wound up in an Italian restaurant uh, with friends and was forced to uh, to, to drink soda water um, and dream of the avocados I'd be munching on when I finally got home, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you did this prior to Ironman Canada, and then you actually switched it up when you went to Kona. What was the reason that you decided to start adding some carbohydrates back into your diet? You know, I, I think what I announced after Ironman Canada was that, and, and this was a couple of days after the race that I recorded that podcast, um, I, I, I believe I announced that I was going to go pretty much into more like a cyclic low-carb approach, mm-hmm. um, primarily due to some of the hit that my thyroid gland took from the very low-carbohydrate intake combined with high amounts of physical activity, um, a, along with um, just kind of like a little bit of a, a mental fatigue, you know, from, mm-hmm. from not eating a lot of carbohydrates. And I ended up really staying more in, in that ketogenic state leading up to Hawaii. It was one of those deals where after I got over that initial few days after Canada and was kind of thinking clearly again, I decided I didn't want to give up a lot of that metabolic efficiency and mm-hmm. that fat adaptation that I'd built over the 12 weeks leading up to Canada. So I, I did start on to um, essentially like a like a, a, a thyroid support formula. Um, I, I started using one called Thyro Gold and combined that with axillary and oral morning temperature readings um, to to basically track what was happening with my thyroid because I did test relatively low in, t- in terms of both oral and axillary temperature and, and had a high TSH, rock bottom T3, some, some other issues that I think resulted from combining Ironman training with very, very low carbohydrate intake. So mm-hmm. did some thyroid support, started to track body temp going up um, and kind of kind of stayed with the low carb um, ketogenic approach going into Hawaii. Okay. So, you know, I think you've read Paul Gemini's book and you've had him on your podcast. So in his book, he kind of, he's recommends that people be very careful about going into ketosis. And basically, if what Paul says, if I got this right, is that you should supplement with things like coconut oil and MCT oil and not go too low in carb because he says it could affect your immune system and your thyroid and things like that. So what would make someone want to try this out in the first place? Sure. Um, first of all, I, I, I do a great deal of, of MCT oils and coconut oil uh, to to allow for, for adequate caloric intake, really, but, and also 
to allow for a readily available uh, fat source during exercise and, and also during the day when I'm in ketosis. Um, it, it also really, really elevates ketone bodies pretty quickly. Um, the other thing is that, you know, for example, in Paul Jaminet's book, The Perfect Health Diet, he outlines how it's, it's right around 400 calories or around 100 grams or so of carbohydrates that are necessary for, for mucin production and glycoprotein formation and, you know, the protection of cartilage, formation of tears, lining of the gut, things of that nature. And I, I never um, or, or rarely dipped kind of below that 100 gram range. There were some relatively lower activity days where I'd go as low as about 75 grams of carbohydrates and many days, you know, it was up around the 150 gram range. So low carb is all relative when we're talking about really active folks doing mm -hmm. ketosis. So this wasn't like a zero carb kind of diet. And then of course, there are also some carbohydrates that you also get from, from gluconeogenesis, from protein intake and things of that nature. And those certainly, those, those count, um, you know, and, and even like in, in Paul's book, he, he, uh, mentions that, you know, if he says like a hundred grams of carbohydrate would be the minimum daily dose that you take in that, you know, you, you can still allow for carbohydrates generated from gluconeogenesis and, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a matter of, of kind of tracking health parameters as well, you know, and, and as I noted, um, it seemed for, for me, you know, I never experienced dry eyes. I never experienced gut issues. My main issue was, was that the thyroid seemed to be affected most. Um, the reason that you'd want to, to do something like ketosis, especially for an athlete would be number one, the metabolically, the, the metabolic efficiency that you derive from not relying upon sugar as a primary source of fuel. And that's certainly something that I felt tremendously during Ironman Canada specifically was getting stronger and stronger and stronger as the day went longer. Um, and not only during the race, but also in, tr in the training sessions leading up to the race, literally just being able to go out and, you know, hammer a bike for three hours with, with zero fuel at all, just because of the amount of metabolic efficiency. That's my, uh, my special podcasting music. Um, so that that would be one would be the metabolic efficiency. Uh, ketones as a preferred fuel by the brain allow for very good mental focus. Um, so it not only helps with you know things like business productivity and for me as a freelance writer being able to really feel like my brain is is working over speed, but it also really helps with focus during uh, events like an Ironman, you know, or, or athletic performance. And then of course because of the lower carbohydrate intake, you get uh, less formation of reactive oxygen species lower formation of advanced glycation end products, less adherence of, of glucose molecules to cholesterol, so lower levels of oxidized cholesterol um, and better processing of cholesterol by the liver. Um, there are uh, there are specific organs in your body that use ketones preferentially as a fuel, and many of them are organs that are uh, quite quite good for endurance athletes to be um, to be supplying with their preferred fuel, namely the heart, uh, the diaphragm. Uh, I mentioned the brain. Um, those are some of the biggies, though, that are going to use ketones preferentially as a fuel. And so, you know, those are those are some of your primary cardiovascular engines. And so, having high levels of blood ketones can also help for performance of those parameters as well. So, a, a lot of reasons, man. Um, mm -hmm. And then, of course, there are the there are the downstream health reasons. You know, lower strain in the pancreas. Um, you know, a little less uh, potential for nerve inflammation and and blood vessel inflammation from higher levels of circulating 
elevating blood sugars, um, and less fermentation in the gut as well. You know, a lot less gut distress during exercise specifically, just because there's there's lower intake of fermentable carbohydrates. So, mm-hmm. so were you measuring your ketone bodies in your blood as you were doing this, or and what levels were you getting to? I was mostly using a, a, a basically like a like a true false breath test, meaning mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a breath tube put out by a company called Metron, and that simply is uh, purple if you're in ketosis, yellow if you're not, and okay. purple would indicate that you're above 1.0 millimolar in terms of blood ketones. So okay. that's primarily what I used. Um, I correlated that several times, about a dozen times or so over the the 12 weeks with the uh, the AccuCheck blood ketone monitor. Mm-hmm. And um, and uh, most of the time it correlated. I think there were a couple of tests where I tested negative on the breath ketones, but I tested above 1.0 millimeter or millimolar on the on the blood ketones. So there were a couple times where the breath was telling me I wasn't in ketosis, even though I actually was. Um, so ultimately, though, I, I found the breath measurements to be far more convenient and require less bleeding, which is always <laughs> nice. So. So do you think that you actually have to be in this state of ketosis to be, to reap the benefits? I mean, for me, I follow a lower carb diet, more like what uh, the standard diet that Paul recommends in his book, but that doesn't put me in ketosis. Do you think that, that I'm not getting as many of the benefits versus if I was in ketosis? Uh, you, you'll find that when your ketones go above about one, and this is something that I found just cause I've done low carb, I've done ketosis that, uh, you do get better mental performance. So if you're like a writer or, you know, a content producer, <laughs> podcaster, mm-hmm. uh, you actually think more clearly. And so, uh, I think it's beneficial for that as far as like a brain biohack goes, definitely beneficial if you're, if you're going to do anything endurance related for the reasons that I mentioned earlier, um, from a health standpoint, you're still going to get most of the health effects just from limiting overall processed sugar and, and of course, starch intake. Mm-hmm. Um, but but when we're we're getting into more of like the kind of like like the performance hacking or the brain hacking standpoint, um, you actually do need to be in ketosis to get like those amplified effects. Um, or you you can eat the amount of carbohydrates, like a slightly higher amount of carbohydrates, but you can literally consume ketones in the form of of beta hydroxybutyrate salts, which aren't FDA approved, but you can actually buy them, <laughs> drink them and, and amp up your brain ketones and your blood ketones if you wanted to to go about doing things that way. That's yeah. not something I've experimented too much with, but that's what some folks are doing. Yeah, you know, that that's really interesting what you bring up there because you could actually be on a high carb diet, but if you ingest ketones through coconut oil or MCT oil or that one that you just mentioned, you could actually be in ketosis and maybe get the benefits of both worlds, both having high glycogen stores, but also having the ketones for that mental focus. What do you think about that? Um, you're, you're still risking a lot of the downstream health effects of a, kind of a, a non-ancestral intake of carbohydrates if you mm. really are taking in a lot of carbohydrates. And the other thing is that you're really not getting ketones so much from the coconut oil and the MCT oil and stuff like that as much as you're getting medium chain triglycerides. Which are gonna, you know, basically go through the through the Krebs cycle and you know be utilized as fatty acids and eventually form ketones as the byproduct of of their their oxidation, you know, of beta oxidation. But you know that those are still calories that require processing. Versus, I mean, you can literally just like drink pure ketones if you wanted to, okay. uh, and that that would be like you know like uh, what's his name Patrick Arnold just came out with a supplement called Keto Force, and that's that's like what that is. It's ketones, so it's not 
even medium chain triglycerides or fats or oils. It's just like ketone salts in liquid form that you drink. Okay. So the differences we're talking about is either have your body produce them or taking taking them externally by eating them. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do for your next event? Um, I haven't decided that much. I'm going to take a break from Ironman for a little while anyways, just because it wears down the body and it also takes some time. So, and you know, there's a lot of pressure to always be marathon fit or always be Ironman fit. So I'm going to focus on, um, focus on muscle building for a little while. I'm, I'm still going to be doing triathlons. still do what I do, you know, travel the world and, you know, just do some shorter, faster races. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really not going to be necessarily competing in events that would even require me to necessarily have a huge focus on the metabolic efficiency component from a okay. pure biohacking standpoint point though after i take kind of a little bit of a break just because honestly like after whatever it's been like 16 20 weeks of just like experimentation and biohacking and trying all this stuff um i just kind of want to just like sit around during the holidays and eat some freaking fruitcake and (laughs) you know moving to thailand where i'll probably be eating pad thai every day um but anyways uh i would say in the summer of 2014 i'd like to uh to try a mix of beta hydroxybutyrate salts a really pure form of like caprylic acid um like, you know, Dave Asprey's got that new brain octane fuel that's that's got really, really high levels of caprylic acid in it. That would go nicely with 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 a salt, you know, something like that keto force supplement. Throw some branch chain amino acids or amino acids into that um, and see see how hard you could you could haul ass in something like a like a half iron man with with very low carbohydrate intake, meaning like maybe a hundred calories an hour or so from something like a you know, like a slow release super starch, like you can super starch or something like that. Okay. Uh, as you were measuring your your blood levels and uh, just doing all the testing while you're doing while you were uh, in ketosis, did you notice any difference in your triglycerides or HDL? Did they change from amping up the fat to I think you said around eighty percent? Yeah, the, but but um, surprisingly they they changed quite favorably. Meaning triglyceride, mm. my triglycerides dropped to rock bottom. They were like in the thirties, and HDL was above a hundred. Oh, so, wow. um, so the, the, the trig HDL ratio was, was really, really nice actually. So mm-hmm. I was happy to see that assuming that the high levels of HDL weren't due to, um, you know, inflammation, which you can sometimes see if the body is shuttling a lot of cholesterol around to, to put out the fire, so to speak. Sometimes you can see HDL through the roof, but you know, like my HSCRP numbers um, tested really low. Most of this stuff I ran through Wellness FX. You know, I, I publish it all on my blog over at bengreenfieldfitness.com mm-hmm. if anybody wants to geek out on the numbers. But yeah, I mean, like low inflammation, high HDL, low trigs, um, you know, really low, uh, very low density lipoprotein cholesterol high levels of LDL, which with the very, very low levels of triglyceride, that's all like big, nice, fluffy cholesterol particles. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so all, all, all pretty good from like a, like a lipid standpoint, really the only unfavorable parameters that I found on lab tests were the, uh, the thyroid, um, you know, low, low T3, low T4, high TSH. Okay. And then, um, you know, uh, cortisol, the, the testosterone cortisol ratio is always lower than I like to see it. But I, it's very, very rare that I see that number look good in an Ironman triathlete just because of, of the level of uh, 
of stress that you're under and the amount of hormone turnover, the, the amount of pregnenolone that gets shuttled into, into cortisol formation, you almost always see, you know, mid levels of testosterone or low to mid levels of testosterone and high levels of cortisol in just about any, any Ironman athlete. And so that's just a matter of, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. So mm-hmm. did you find it hard to do this with your family? I mean, I, I'm guessing they're not doing the ketogenic diet as well. Was it hard to be around, you know, family meals while they're having, uh, you know, mashed potatoes or sweet potatoes or whatever, and, and you have to eat a lot of oils and things like that? No, I mean, because, well, a couple of things. First of all, um, I'm training for an Ironman triathlon. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can stay in ketosis again with like, I, I, on some days I could push as high as 200 grams, um, okay. but usually I keep it around hundred grams. So that means that if I saved my carbohydrate intake for later in the day after my workout, mm-hmm. I could usually sit down at, with the family and eat whatever they're eating for dinner. Oh, nice. And frankly, I kind of do my own thing for breakfast and lunch anyways. Okay. So yeah, I mean like my, my entire family eats really, you know, kind of, you know, we're not, not paleo per se, but like really ancestral and primal and it's all just like fish and, you know, root vegetables and, and, you know, some in terms of carbohydrates, like some rices and, and even some like quinoa and amaranth and millet here and there. And, um, you know, lots of, lots of, uh, higher fat foods, you know, butter, bacon, eggs, coconut oil, olives, you know, all, all this stuff, um, you know, full fat, raw milk and, and, and yogurts, things of that nature. So it's like, um, no, it wasn't that hard at all. I mean, okay. you can almost eat that way, combine it with Ironman training and a little bit of, you know, and, and avoiding carbohydrate intake during your actual training sessions. And you're pretty much going to be in ketosis. Okay. So it's a whole different animal. Once you're training for Ironman, it's like your levels of activity are so high. Um, you know, you, you can, you can stay in ketosis pretty easily without going out of your way too much. Again, it's like, you know, when you're out at the Italian restaurant where, where the issues roll in. And, and for me, that only happened a couple of times. So, okay. You know, last time you around the show, we talked a bit about your minimal training protocol. And I'm, I'm really interested in this. And when you first started this out, were you were you nervous whether this is going to work or not? Because I think you mentioned on your podcast that you'll do one like 20 mile long run prior to training for an Ironman triathlon, which includes a, a marathon at the end. Um, wh- how did you get started in that? And, and, and were you nervous when you first tried it? Uh, that's a, that's a good question. So yeah, I, I train, I, I think I, I dipped as low as I've ever gone for this last Ironman Hawaii. So I got down into eight hour training weeks. I think that's okay. about as low as you can go. You know, most folks for Ironman train 25 to 30 hours a week. Um, you know, and, and like I have a program over at, um, triathlon dominator at triathlondominator.com where I take a lot of the minimalist training concepts and kind of put them together into a program. And mm-hmm. for me, it, like the very first Ironman that I did, I didn't train that much for okay. like I had like a like my long bike ride was 60 to 70 miles long and my long run was around 16 miles my long swim was pretty close to the Ironman swim you know like a like a 3.5 to 4k swim but I went out there and did just fine kind of on accident mm-hmm. and then with as busy as I am and also the fact that I just don't have the patience for six hour bike rides and <laughs> long marathon-esque runs I've just always been kind of like the minimalist training guy since then I had one year where I put in a little bit more training time I was teaching a lot of camps like Ironman training camps putting in a lot of big weeks you know I had multiple, you know, 25 plus hour weeks thrown in and my performance didn't improve. And frankly, I was more tired and had less time to devote to family and friends and hobbies and career and stuff like that. So 
like kind of kind of said screw that and, <laughs> and went back to this minimalist training approach and it just works well i mean like it, you know i i think i talked about this um i believe it was over on, on an article i wrote on on rob wolf's site about um it was either so they're over at mark's daily apple but it was this concept like this ancestral athlete approach concept where if you really want to build endurance, you can understand that the human body is really quite good at endurance and we can hunt down just about any animal on the face of the planet given enough, enough time. You know, if you point mm-hmm. us both in one direction and say go, as long as we've got some water and food on board. But what we suck at is strength and power and speed and balance and mobility and some of these other issues. So um, what, what I've found is that if you just stoke that fire of endurance naturally by doing things like staying on your feet during the day, greasing the groove, you know, I, I keep a pull up bar in my office, a barbell in my garage, you know, and just kind of inject short little bouts of physical activity throughout the day to mm-hmm. kind of simulate that whole like hunter gatherer lifestyle. At the end of the day, once you toss in like an intense workout, like 40 to 60 minutes of, of hard training most days on top of just kind of like being on your feet and moving all day, that pretty much gives you a, a great deal of endurance. I mean, like going out and doing 30 minutes of hard intervals, you know, on the treadmill or out in the field behind my house after standing on my feet for eight hours, podcasting and writing and doing all this other stuff. It's like, you kind of feel like you've run a marathon. So, <laughs> so, you know, it's minimalist training, but it's minimalist training with the exception that you're, you don't have your butt planted in an office chair all day. It's like minimalist training with, with physical activity, you know, worked in naturally throughout the entire day. Okay. Have you noticed a big change in your times? Like I know you said from the first time you tried it, you, you really only did about 16 miles. Now you're doing about 20. Is that kind of the sweet spot? Or have you noticed a big change in times depending on how no. long you go? Okay. No, no. Not really. Like, uh, honestly, the reason that, that I throw in one 20 mile run traditionally, usually about three to four weeks prior to Ironman is just like that mental component. Like, you know, I, I still want to check in and, and see what it feels like to have that much time on your feet and to be able to practice kind of like how the tummy feels with the nutrition that I plan on taking in during the marathon you know, and, and it, it's just a, it's, it's a combination of, of mental and, and tactical training. Um, so I think that, that throwing in at least one long run helps quite a bit. And, and I keep that in most of the training plans that I write too. So, okay. so Ben, you've got a new book coming out. Tell me a little bit about this. Yeah, I've, I've got a new book coming out over at, um, it, it's called Beyond Training, Mastering Endurance, Health and Life. And I've just taken all these lessons that I've learned over the past 10 years and in kind of training the body how to be good at endurance and how to stay fit, but how to do that and how to achieve, you know, big feats of physical performance like Ironman and Marathon and, you know, even things like like lifting heavy weights and, and CrossFit and adventure racing and stuff like that, but be able to do these things without destroying the body. It's like nobody's going to argue that that this kind of stuff is good for you per se, but there's at least a way that you can do it that's smart, a way that you can do it that doesn't destroy your gut, destroy your metabolism, destroy your body, destroy your mind and your nervous system. So I've taken all those concepts and kind of wrapped them into a book. It's about a 350-page manual on on training, but training in a really kind of ancestral way, uh, training in, in eating and living in, in, a, in a way that allows you to be super fit and kind of allows you to be this you know ancestral athlete, so to speak. So, mm-hmm. um, 
and that's all over at beyondtrainingbook.com. And we've got like hidden chapters and bonuses and stuff over there and just like a ton of ton of little goodies for folks who who get in on the on the fun. But uh the the hard copies, you know, big beautiful hardcover book, it'll it'll be shipping um we'll we'll ship as early as January. Um but I think the actual launch is is like not even until March. But either way, that's uh that's kind of been my my project over the year. Cool. You know, I've been following you as you're writing that book and you've been putting out blog posts. Um, are those kind of like highlights of the chapters or is there going to be extra material in the book? Yeah, what I've written on, on the on my blog over at bengreenfieldfitness.com, I've released a lot of the chapters over there for people to read and we've been editing them and adding to them. And um, there's there's about 70 additional pages of of extra content in the book um, along with, with a bunch of stuff that we've put into a website. Kind of, we have like secret chapters in each section of the book um, that, that we're publishing over on, on the website at beyondtrainingbook.com and kind of making those accessible to people who who have a copy of the book or who I guess thumb through a copy of the book at the bookstore and jot down the URLs that they read in each <laughs> chapter if they wanted to cheat. Um, but ultimately, yeah, um, it's it's uh, it's it's quite a bit more comprehensive than just what I've got on the blog. Right. Well, I, I really look forward to getting that and reading it. And I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to, today to be on the show. It's been great talking with you. Hey, thanks for having me, Aaron. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to another episode of Paleo Runner Podcast. For more information, go to paleorunner.com. Thanks for listening.